All right. Hey, guys. Um, so apologies. Eric is unable to join us this week, but we wanted to keep get the uh, party started and uh, start sharing some rankings with you guys. So um, training camp is in full swing, so it's obviously time to start talking about football again. So you've got Udinese, Hercules, and uh, DK. What team are you again? Atlanta. Atlanta. Um, that's right. Uh, man, now this makes so much sense. We agree on everything. Um, anyways, we're here to talk to you guys about La Liga today. Um, it's been a minute. Uh, I think it was kind of the draft we last time got together and kind of chopped things up. Um, a lot's happened since then. Uh, Aaron Rodgers has shown up to camp. Deshaun Watson showed up to camp. Uh, Anthony Miller got traded. You know, really big news happening. Anyways, um, what we're going to do today is go through some power ranks we did based off of um, the La Liga division. Um, there's some consensus at the top and the bottom, but I'd say the middle is up for some pretty fun debate. Um, I've got a couple of rankers in there, and two of them are on the podcast with me tonight. Um, so we'll go ahead and just kind of start chopping things up. Anyways, Fred, how are we doing? I'm doing all right. I've got my thankful IPA. I won my disc golf doubles league tonight. I'm I'm already a winner. So anything else beyond that is just gravy you're thankful and thankful there you go I love damn it. thankful indeed donnie good to, good to, good to see you good to have you on thanks appreciate it cheers i opted for uh, a rye whiskey tonight from uh the great folks over at willet very nice you can't see it i've got a coffee cup with tequila and margarita mix in it but um you know sometimes these are things you have to do when you're working out of hotels yes Anyway, so we're focused on La Liga. Um, what we did was we had um, DK, Fred, myself, Eric, Luigi, and it looks like um, Fred. Did you source rate my league for two different points in time, or that's right? So I, I sent one in earlier in the spring. Uh, I think it was probably right after our draft, and then I did it again this week uh, just to pick up any of the trades and roster changes that have happened since then. I. It's not really important to, to you know talk about the the early one um there's some there are some significant changes in the rankings between the two but you know if we just want to talk about where we're at today that's that's fine yeah, i get a couple of changes but basically just trying to, to at least explain the sources so basically we took all of those independent rankings meshed them together said based off the average who's in first who's in last what's range in terms of those and we'll talk accordingly so i think this is a good set for us to use because frankly all of us had slightly different um folks higher or lower fred you have some company i do um hang on one second i have to take care of something i'll be back in a minute no worries um so we're going to start from the bottom and move to the top um so donnie we're going to have to carry things here for a second um so Pretty consensus in the bottom, I'd say. There are three teams that kind of uh, settled into the bottom for us. Next year is probably about three teams as well. Then there's a team that kind of stood by itself um, in seventh. We had five teams kind of in that six through two range that we had intermixed. And then uh, a team that I think we all kind of agreed was um, the current leader in the clubhouse in La Liga. But we'll go ahead and start at the bottom. So in 12th place, uh, with a composite ranking of 11.7, which basically meant that most everybody ranked them last, we had Granada. Um, so, DK, I'll let you go first. When you look at the roster for Granada, what kind of jumps to mind for you? 
Well, one obviously one quarterback who came off of missing most of his season last year, and you know, uh, obviously that's that's going to be a challenge. You know, if he can if he can come back and get right back to work, he's got one one good quarterback in a league where it's hard to get quarterbacks in. I don't really see a a running back here that you feel great starting about, or you know, that you feel great starting. Um, I, I do believe that I I was one of only one or two um, that did not rank this team dead last. But um, for me, the the quarterback and the running back situation that that's going to be really hard to overcome. There, I do like several of these I don't know, wide receiver, wide receiver three and fours on this team um, who could could make a jump or these some young guys that I like on this team. Um, really like Irv Smith. I was actually sharing a, a couple camp videos of him with some Vikings fans buddies today. I just think he's going to be he's going to be a, a problem on the field for a lot of teams. So I like some of the receivers. I like Irv quite a bit. Joe Burrow is obviously potentially one really good option there. Quarterback. He needs to get another one, and this this running back squad really needs to. Uh, get beefed up you know maybe he was hanging out he had aj dillon there thinking that we weren't going to resign or the packers weren't going to um weren't going to resign their guy there but uh yeah that's that's pretty lean there at running back so again this is if if you recall uh, around draft time uh if not just before is when chase took his team that was aging but probably meant to be a competitor in this division and has now torn it down to this uh completely agree with you from an assessment perspective in terms of very you know one qb interesting options at running back but nothing really to write home about some solid option at tight end and then a lot of uh deep youth at uh receiver but scroll down this is what he really focused on was dj zach evans reese hall basically trying to beef up his debbie squad to get um, what he's looking for. And I think he's actually got one more coming here that should get added here in the next couple of weeks. Um, the point is beef up the picks, beef up the devies, and give himself all of the rookies that he wanted um, in plenty of other leagues that we're in with Chase. Um, he tends to do this. He goes hard after a title, somehow finds a way to blow it up into rookies, and then is able to recycle these rookies into a – uh, competitive team. So I think both both Fred and I are kind of not holding out hope, but holding out expectation and, and reserving judgment a little bit for this team because right now, definitely not the best team in La Liga. Probably the worst team in La Liga. But we've seen a lot of situations like this where in two weeks, Chase will have turned this over and have a competitive team and be in the top five of La Liga and back in the Champions League conversation. Fred, am I uh, way off base here? Uh, no, not at all. I, I, the only difference I think in what we've seen historically with Chase is that he did it in the off season this year. Um, normally he plays to win and blows up his team after he starts 0-1 or 0-2. In, in this case, I think he looked at a couple of the teams in La Liga and decided that it wasn't worth it for him to try to make that competitive roster or, or, or compete this year. And in, in, in this sense of uh, the, the way the league is set up, he is trying to give himself a leg up on the future. And, you know, from the, 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 the point of view of rankings, I, I'm assuming we all looked at them 
in kind of in terms of the 2021 redraft status, you know, how is, how is this team going to produce this year in this league in, in this division? And yeah, in that sense, he is probably fairly easily at the bottom of the pile. Right. But, but more than likely not for long. And, and like you said, if, if he decides that he wants to change his mind again, which he does several times per season, he could turn this back into a productive roster uh, with a lot of additional moves, but he has the, the parts and pieces to, to, to make them if as long as other people in the league um, believe in his taxi squad and his Devi players the, 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 at the same level that he does. Right. And again, all it's going to take is, again, knowing the pattern, Devonta Smith's going to make a big catch. Oh, my God. Do you guys see what Devonta Smith did? There's a YouTube clip. Or, hey, there's Jalen Waddle. He's the top-rated guy from Madden. Maybe it's something you can take a closer look at. You know, sure. You know, I'll take Michael Thomas for him. Just that kind of stuff's going to start happening. And all of a sudden, we're going to be looking at Granada saying, okay, I guess he's going for it again. But you know, this is this is what he likes to do. This is where he he gets his enjoyment out of these leagues. He may be the league leader in pump and dump strategy. Indeed. <clears throat> All right. Any additional thoughts about Granada before we move on? All right. So on to the next one. Um, with a composite rank of eleven, um, which was a good combination of tens. 12s and a couple of 11s interspersed in there. We have, drumroll please, Valencia. Checking, yes, Valencia. So I'll go first on this one. Um, quarterback position is not something to write home about. Uh, running back position, David Montgomery, I think, landed, as well as James Conner, better than others could hope. But this is not a collection of running back ones that – you expect to carry you towards the title. Um, some Utes along with some vets at the receiver position, but again, nothing supreme that you're really super excited about. Uh, then you've got Komet, Gronk, uh, Frymuth, and Cook. This is a tight end premium league, but these aren't exactly premium tight ends except for maybe Gronk. So this is a team that looks like it's in the midst of blowing it up. Couldn't quite blow it all up last year. Um, if it wasn't for the fact that Granada was completely unproven, this would probably be our 12th-ranked team. And, in fact, um, I believe, uh, DK, you actually had these guys as 12th in your rankings, right? Yeah, I think me and Eric were both put Granada ahead of this team. which I can't fault you on, but that being said, you still have some pieces like T. Higgins and a couple others that have produced. It's just one of those where you, you can This at least has a watermark as this is bad, but here's the watermark. Granada has no watermark. And I think I'll, I'll chime in there because you know, when, when I was ranking these teams, I, I used a method that is – kind of a little bit different from what I've done in the past. Um, what I decided to rank on was how many studs a team has, how many starters a team has, and how much 
if if not starter, then depth players or bye week players a team has. And you know this this team for Valencia, I don't see a stud on the roster based on based on my criteria, and only two starters. Um, in that sense, you know he's he's at the bottom of the barrel or at the bottom of the league, but he's still ahead of what Granada has put together because he doesn't have he has even less. Um, so you know there's there's a little there's a little more depth here. There's a little more um, to work with, but he's not playing for this year in in any sense based on the the, the criteria that I use to uh, rank these teams. Yeah, makes sense. DK, Donnie, anything from you? Yeah, I guess the defending why I put the other team ahead. You know, you look at this year. He he may not have a start a quarterback to start and get points from. Um, Mac Jones may not play a starting snap this year. Um, I, I definitely don't think he'll start the season and unless Cam bombs. He's you know he's not going to get that chance for a little bit. I think they'll develop him there. Teddy Bridgewater, um, it's a toss-up. I, I think Denver is going to make a play to get to get somebody else on that squad. I think they're going to trade out a running back, and they're going to trade for uh, a quarterback or, or sign somebody to get in there. So he, he may not have a starting quarterback there, um, where at least the other team has Burrow. The wide receivers crushed this team. Um, I think if you look at the tight ends, I'll take Irv Smith any tight end on this group. I think he's got a little more depth at tight end here, but I'll take Irv Smith from Granada's team over any tight end here. Uh, the only edge that this team has is got some names at running back. You know, he's got Montgomery. He's got Keyshawn Vaughn. He's got James Conner. Um, Montgomery is the only one that I really think is going to score a lot of points there. The other two, I don't think are going to, you know, you're going to feel confident starting them every single week. I do like Tariq Cohen actually a little bit better now that they traded Anthony Anthony Miller out, uh, but not much. Um, he's probably going to have to start them some weeks. But uh, I think it's the it's how how bad wide receiver is buried from this team compared to Granada, and the fact that he might not have a quarterback to start at all at the start of the season, or which made me rank this team last over Granada. Yeah, again, I, I can't disagree with any of that. I think there is a argument to be made of there are some pieces here that we know are at least decent. Um, there's a lot of unknown but a lot of upside on Granada. But I don't think either of us want to be either of these teams. Again, I say that now, but Granada could have quarterback reinforcements coming in next year as well as um, you know his own pick, and we could be singing a completely different tune next year. <laughs> yeah, going forward, I think I would much rather have Granada's roster than what Valencia has. Um, I although I I can't tell you what he has for like future draft picks, and you know he's got he's got two Devies, but I don't know anything about them, so I don't know if those are on par with any of the the top Devies that Granada's team has. All right, moving on to the tenth overall team. So um, all the 12 place votes are off the board. They were used on Granada and Valencia. But this was a nice combination of 9th, 10th, and 11th place votes. And the 9th place team, according to our rank, I'm sorry, 10th place team, according to our rankings, is Atletico Madrid. So again, another team, I feel like across the leagues that we're in with Chris, 
that has really taken to the rebuild process this year, where that's normally not his strength, um, really has begun in earnest. Um, again, Joe Burrow quarterback, which again seems to be a consistent theme for those rebuilding right now. Um, slightly better running back with Mostert and J. Rob, uh, Jamar Chase, Gabriel Davis, um, as and Mar- and Hollywood Brown and A. B. at receiver, as well as Caden Smith, um, Hunter Henry. But again, tight ends not quite where others were. So definitely a step above the other two. Um, but just the matter of kind of where things are falling, only having one quarterback and a kind of wasteland at tight end um, has landed this team 12th. Uh, Donnie, I'll kick it to you first. Any additional thoughts you have or anything I missed on uh, on Atletico? No, I, I th- I'd be able to look at it more when I kind of look at the, the next team we're going to talk about here. You know, I, I echo those thoughts. There's a, there's a couple names that, you know, that you like here, um, but nothing that really, you know, jumps out and make you love the team. I think I, I had this, this team ranked one spot higher than where the consensus landed. So pretty much an agreement. Okay. And, and, and my scoring system that I used, um, I'll explain it, uh, when we get to the next couple of teams here, because there was a tie in my, uh, score between Atletico and Valencia, but, uh, Atletico broke the tie with more, players that I qualified as starters than uh, Valencia did on, you know, just on a, from, he had three and Valencia had two, but in this case, one of those three was, was a quarterback and, and, and Jeff, uh, Joe Burrow makes the difference here, even though the two teams have the same ranking score. Um, the real question to me is, you know, he's, 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 basically said, you know, he, he's, he's won a bunch of money in this league and, and he's performed extremely well the first two seasons and, and then blew up his team to play for the future. I want to know why he's still rostering David Johnson, Antonio Brown, and Frank Gore. And, you know, what are these, what are these pieces doing on this roster? So you know, he just traded for Antonio Brown. He had K-Makers before. But uh, okay, with Cam Akers' Achilles injury, I think it was a first in Cam and DJ that he got to get Cam off his team. Um, he's on the fence side of no running back has made it back from an Achilles injury the level that Cam Akers has. So sell him for whatever I can get, and whatever he can get was AB and uh, and David Johnson. So this is a this is a move to make another move later. Uh, okay, yeah. that's 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 fair. And you know, losing losing the stud potential that Acres was, you you take whatever you can get um, in the short term, and and then make do later on. That's 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 a fine strategy. Yeah. Again, it's he's either an early mover and got more than people like me are going to get, or. Um, you jump the gun and now has to make another move with 60 cents on the dollar. So I think that's a reasonable debate there. Uh, Donnie, any other thoughts before we move on to the ninth place team? I really on the trade. I'm, I'm really surprised. Um, I, if I was an acres owner and you know, I am in a couple leagues, I, I don't see his value going down over the course of the season. I would probably personally wait 
um, see how a um, uh, gosh, indie running back uh, in space in his name right now, Mac. Um, what's that? No, the, the Hines, Marlon Mack. Mack, Marlon Mack. Um, yeah. I, I would wait and see how Mack comes back from his Achilles injury this year. And if he looks strong, start hyping up like, hey, look at medical is coming along. Marlon Mack had the Achilles injury, injury last year and, and look at him this year. I just I don't see his value going down anymore over the course of the year. So yeah. why, you know, why sell him right now? Uh, especially for a team that's not looking to compete right now. I think he probably would have gotten more value later in the season for an acres, maybe even at the end of the season um, for somebody that didn't have to hold them all year. That's a really interesting point. And it looks like Indy has three players that they are rehabbing from various Achilles injuries this season. And if these guys can come back, I either, either Indy feels like they know something that, other teams don't or they have a treatment or re recuperation plan um, that other teams haven't tried. If, if these guys are able to come back, make the field and produce close to where they were in the past, that's a game changer. And, and that really could be um, something that acres looks at, you know, for, for his own rehab. Um, I'm, not going to bet on it, but something about what Indy thinks they're doing uh, intrigues me. Yeah, if, if Matt comes back and looks strong, I'll be hammering offers for Acres in pretty much every league I'm in, except for this one where I've just laid out that strategy. Nobody's listening to this. You, you, right. you'll, you'll get away with it. There's two other people listening, so as, you yeah. know, as long as, you know, as an Acres owner who's not really going to sell him until he's out of the league because I believe in the talent. Um, you've got two other owners that you might be able to get him from. That's right. All right. So moving on. Um, the ninth overall team with a composite ranking of 8.7. And this is really close between ninth and eighth here. Um, in terms of composite, it was 8.7 versus 8.6. The ninth ranked team that we have um, based off our composite rankings, is drumroll, please. Barcelona. So, I want also that a term. Donnie, do you want to go first with this team? Yeah, I had this. I had this team bumped, uh, swapped. Um, th these last two teams switched around, and it, and it really just came down to um, mostly running back. I just I hate. That. I'm I'm big on running backs. Um, I know this league is structured a little bit differently, so I. I I probably over-index on my traditional love of running backs in other leagues, but uh, kind of carried through here. And I just look at this and I go, I'm, you know, again, you just don't feel good about any of any of these guys. There's a, you know, Carson Wentz could be good this year. We'll see what he does in Indy. Um, Trey Lance, if he again, if he gets a chance to start this year, but it sounds like they've already committed to to Jimmy at least for the start of the season. I don't think Jared Goff is going to be. Uh, great for fantasy this year. So while it looks like he's got a lot more at quarterback, there it's a lot of, of question marks there. Maybe that all pays off, but I kind of just gave that I gave the nod to um, the last team there, um, Atletico, just for a little bit stronger running back core. No, I think that's completely reasonable. Um, let's just do a quick check. Um, Fred, it looks like 
uh, you also had Barca higher over the next uh, team we had here. Um, right. I had them in ninth place, but with the same score as the team in 10th place, which I guess is where they ended up. So you, you, you said uh, he, this team was essentially tied with the team that we have ranked ahead of them. And that's where I had them as well. And, and my tiebreaker here was, again, um, players who will potentially be better or th there were more players that, you know, the, the 2021 redraft rankings say um, will, will perform better. Um, uh, not to, you know, not to um, spoil the next team, but there were a couple of players, at least one player, you know, common between these teams and um, the I'm, I'm going to, you know, agree with what Donnie said. Um, I put a big red X on the running back position for this team because the only player that it looks like he has that he'll be even able to put in his starting roster without laughing at is Gus Edwards. And is he a running back two? Is he a running back three? Uh, he's not, he's not worthy of a starting position for most teams. Um, this team has no other choice, but he has to start him because there's literally nothing else on the roster. What could save this team is there's a couple guys here that I kind of like as potential to go to LA. I could see either uh, Rex Burkhead or Royce Freeman ending up getting cut in, in camp here. And I think that those would both be stellar backs to go and potentially smash in L.A. with the opportunity there. Uh, that could be his saving grace. Or, or maybe Keyshawn Vaughn actually gets the ball. But outside of that, I mean, those are those are really big question marks. Right. I've, I feel like, and I'm looking at this um, optimistically, I think there are two, two, two starting quarterbacks on this roster. I think you've got a zero running back type roster where you only need to start one. So Miami is a far from lockdown running back core, and they just brought Malcolm Brown in. I could see that potentially happening. You mentioned Gus Edwards. Royce Freeman uh, absolutely could be somebody who pops up in uh, cut conversations. Then Mark Ingram and Keyshawn Fawn, I don't think are going to be forgotten parts of their respective backfields. Um, again, you only have to start one, but you supplement that with what he's got at receiver. DJ Moore, Terrace Marshall, Bashad Perriman, Jalen Rager, Debo Samuel, Michael Thomas, five or six deep at the position. Again, everyone thinks, oh, Bashad Perriman, really? You're bringing him up? Yeah, he's potentially the number one receiver in Detroit right now. Everyone so, is. Whatever whatever that's worth, you're, he's still a number one receiver. And the number one receiver is going to get enough targets to produce, again, enough targets to produce, like, a 80 reception thousand yard player. Whether that happens with Paramount or not is up for whether he's able to convert those targets for what they're worth. But that said, if I told you you can get a guy for 80 receptions, thousand yards, and six touchdowns, that's probably a receiver two for you. So yeah, you're up, you're all for that. So point is if he plays a zero running back game well with two quarterbacks, his depth at receiver and the Noah Fant and tight end, this is a better team than I think people give given it credit for. I actually like several players on this team in terms of what they have potential to do this year. 
Um, it, it's not going to be consistent and it's not going to drive him into contention, but he's probably going to outproduce what we have him ranked for, um, at, at least during stretches of the season. Yeah. I think the first time we're seeing Michael Thomas, I don't know if you guys ranked before or after the, the Michael Thomas news ended up hitting. I know I ranked him afterwards and I probably would have had him just slightly higher um, before the Michael Thomas news. I, I don't personally think Michael Thomas is going to play this year. I think we're about to watch the AJ Green show, you know, full ankle reconstructive surgery because it just wasn't right. And if he, re if he ends up sitting most of this season, and that happens. I think we're watching the AJ Green show. He, when he finally comes back, it'll be his age twenty nine season. If he were to miss this season, yeah, that's definitely a player that he could look to move before he loses any more value. Um, I, I I don't know that he's going to get a ton for him, but he can get another prospect for you know. Th yeah. This is a young roster outside of Michael Thomas in general. Mm -hmm. As an owner who just traded for Michael Thomas, I would like you very much to enjoy these middle fingers I found for you. <laughs> I just traded for him in the league, too. Did I you trade for him that. before or after the ankle surgery announcement? Before. Oh, okay. um, I was offered my 22 first and Rashad Bateman for him, and obviously pre-ankle surgery. It's like, oh, that's a no-brainer. Of course he didn't take that. So I'm fairly certain that whoever offered me that, that deal knew that ankle surgery was coming, so I need to go break their ankles. The, the stupid thing about all of that is even as as recent as like a week or two ago, everyone was saying that it looked like he was rehabbing correctly and he looked good in OTAs. He was on the field. He was he was making catches. He was cutting I, this. This really blindsided the entire community. Um, and and now they're trying to go back and, you know, retcon and say oh we didn't really know what was happening and you shouldn't have listened to what we said then exactly don't listen to what i say unless i'm right in which case i need to do some victory laps okay anyways moving on to the eighth ranked team again close tie not tie but close between the eighth and ninth ranked team the eighth ranked team katafe so, Fred, I think we've done the last couple. Do you want to take this one? Yeah, and, and so this is another team that I had tied um, in rankings in, and score. Um, so uh, let me just talk about how I created these scores for teams. Um, I basically said if, if a team has a player that's ranked in the top 12 at quarterback, running back, or receiver, those are studs. And those get 20 points. If a team has anyone ranked from 13 to, say, 36, that's a starter. And that player gets 10 points. Um, beyond that, I said, you know, if players are depth in the 37 to, say, 50 range, these are players that, you know, you could use as bi-week fillers. You could use them as um, you could use them as spot starters here and there. Those players got five points. So. Anything else was a zero, and, and I looked at it purely from redraft status for, for 2021, and uh, I had Getafe and Barcelona tied at 65 points. Um, again, the tiebreaker was, um, in this case, 
Getafe had one more player um, at running back who was ranked slightly higher than Barcelona. So even though they both had the same total score, uh, he had one more player and, and he, he broke the tie. Yeah, I would agree. It's by the slimmest of margins, but the running back position for Getafe is definitely much stronger than um, for Barcelona. The wide receiver position for Barcelona is much stronger than uh, for Getafe. But again, by the slimmest of margin, I would agree. And I think I had the same way of Getafe being in front here. And I'm one of those degenerates that keeps enjoying Kirk Cousins as a quarterback year in, year out. And, you know, profiting is the wrong word because I'm not winning a lot, I don't think, in the leagues that I have men. And that probably needs to be a point of uh, of coverage here. <laughs> Excuse me. Um, but Well, for, for this year, who would you rather have? Kirk Cousins, Jared Goff, or Trey Lance? And I think that's a fair question. I would rather have Kirk Cousins. Um, but the question yeah. is, what's the difference between Goff and Cousins. Um, the difference is Cousins can finish the season as a quarterback one, and I don't think Goff can. It would not again. I can I can see both results happening. So I think most likely to happen. Agree. Cousins jumps ahead, but I would not have to squint very hard to say, "Wow, the Lions are absolutely terrible this year." Goff throws five hundred passes. And therefore outperforms Kirk Cousins. Again, I wouldn't have to squint hard. I'd have to squint, but I wouldn't have to squint hard. Okay. What do you think, Donnie? Yeah, I, that's my I, think that, I think this team could go a lot of directions. I think there's a nice, stable, you know, decent floor with the quarterbacks that they have. You know, they're not gonna blow the roof off the doors, but they're they're gonna be fine. I, I don't see Cousins being necessarily quarterback one, but I think in, in these types of leagues, there's some good stability there with the two guys that they got. I think Carson is going to be fine unless he gets hurt again, right? And that's there's a, a decent probability of that. There's enough to there with running with running back. Uh, I think Travis Etienne is going to be a, a, a sure starter there. Um, so he'll, he'll have some, and then he's got a, a bunch of other options um, and backups there. and could go a lot of ways. A big Jerick McKinnick fan. I, feel, I hope he finally gets somewhere. Um I like the receivers, and uh, I like the tight end, so this is a good team. It, it's a good yep. team? Yeah. All right. So moving on back and moving on up. I'll go ahead and call this team our consensus seventh-ranked team because um, there's definitely a gap between everyone we have below them and this pick, and there's, I'd say definitely a gap for everyone above them and this pick. And the reason I say there's a gap, because every team above this, this is my line of, de, line of demarcation, every team above this I think has a legitimate shot of winning La Liga. I think this team is probably a little bit too far away uh, for one of two reasons, but um, everyone above this could win the league. And I'm sorry to say this, considering he just got married this last offseason, had half the league there. But because I was not invited, uh, and I don't think any of the, the three of us were, uh, we have to go ahead and put Real Madrid as the seventh-ranked team here. The the really interesting thing about 
the ranking for this team is that of the seven rankings we have, six of them had him in exactly this position, which is a little bit ridiculous, isn't it? For the yeah. you know, middle of the pack, and you know, the, you look at the uh, the the rate my league, um, and it completely matches what you just said. He's he's in a tier by himself. He's he's not one of the shitty teams. He's not one of the good teams. He's just kind of there. And I mean, if you look at his roster, it's we talk about how we don't love Jared Goff, but Tua and Jordan Love could be something this year. We don't know if they will or not, but you know, there's option there. Um, running back. Again, Melvin Gordon, I think we're all expecting to go the way of the Dodo Bird, but Najee Harris is there, so that compensates for it. Then you look at receiver, T. Higgins, T.Y. Hilton, D.K. Metcalf. Um, these are guys who, and Will, Phil, Will Fuller, if he can recover from the fact he got injured on day one of camp, again, these are guys you can build around. What and are the can, odds that that happens, though, to Will Fuller? You know, I, <laughs> I'm trying to set odds when it comes to uh, – the players, but maybe I shouldn't be playing fantasy football if that's my attitude. Who knows? But point is, this team is very much the first seven starters. Not bad. Beyond that, not a huge fan, and especially without that premium quarterback. So I think that's why we ended up having this team as a middle-of-the-road team. But, again, I don't think any of us would be shocked if they ended up in Europa, let alone Champions League conversation. Yeah, I had him in the third tier of teams, but he was the last team in that tier. And um, you know, you you look at his roster; he has he has potential for players to move up from where they're at and and become something significant. You know, he's got he's got Tua, he's got Najee Harris, he's got T. Higgins. I'm not convinced that his tight ends are really going to move up from where they're at. But, you know, somebody even like Will Fuller, I have him ranked just ba- barely as a, you know, just as a starter kind of player. But when he's on the field, he produces at the stud level. Mm-hmm. He may only do that for five or six games, but those those games are amazing. So, yeah, there's there's potential here. And, you know, he's got he's got. He's he, he's got a team that can move up or down depending on you know, what these what these you know, few players uh, do this season. Mm-hmm. Donnie, anything to add? I think I was premature with using the word good on Getafe. I think Getafe was almost good. I think this is the first team that I got. It's, it's a good team. And, and I think I, I think Fred nailed it. Like the the starters, you look at starters, go oh, that's a pretty good team, and then one or two of them get hurt, and you go, it's a pretty bad team. Not a good team, yeah. Oh, I didn't notice that he has Randall Cobb, and that changes everything. He that oh. he has two I mean, Randall Cobbs actually. He's got old Randall Cobb and new Randall Cobb. <laughs> Fantastic. He, he has he has both Randall Cobbs. I'm sorry, DK. I, I did this wrong. Since we're at the halfway point here, I'm going to go ahead and pause. Do you need a few minutes to do your uh, Green Bay victory lap here? No, I think it's a little bit a little bit early for that. I think when I first made that comment, it was before um, 
the media reaction to Aaron Rodgers press conference, like acting like he went all scorched earth, which I didn't think he said anything all that bad personally. I think he just aired out some, some things that was bugging him and said, they kind of figured it out. We're going to see how it goes this year and go from there. I think, I think the, the thing that stands out to me the most in the situation that's really not being talked about is how much that front office must either, it's probably a combination of both either absolutely love what they're seeing on a Jordan or they just can't get over that ego of they spent a first round pick on him. And no matter what Aaron Rodgers is playing, like the, the they're not going to trade him and that, you know, contingency or not contingency that um, succession plan stays in place at the end of the season. But uh, I think it, it, there's a lot to be said for what they think of Jordan. Uh, it'd be really interesting to see if we get another, even close to what last season was out of Rodgers. If, I'd say it puts the front office in a bad position, but I really don't think so. Um, I mean, you could trade Jordan Love for, I would assume, an early second, you know, if not back at, at late first um, after the couple of years of development that they've already put into him. So I think they're in a good spot. I think it, uh, it went about as well for Packers fans as you could hope for based on all the swirl that you heard in the offseason. It's close to a win-win for the, for the two parties as I think you could get. I'll admit that I was getting – quite nervous with my Aaron Rodgers shares um, over the past week or so. And now I'm just sporting half a chub, you know, 24 seven. So here's the thing that drives me the most nuts about this. There should be a consistent plan from the front office to the coach. Best teams in the league have a consistent plan, front office, the coach, the coordinators, of how this all works. Based off his contract, there was no good way to get out of Aaron Rodgers this year. Even though he wanted to be traded, would have been what, a $40 million cap hit? Like, there was no good way to get out of Aaron Rodgers this year. So, why did you take a first round quarterback last year? I understand Favre needed two years, Rodgers wanted two years. Both of those were highly regarded quarterbacks coming out of college that fell in the draft for a n- number of reasons. Jordan Love was never that. So it's kind of like, okay, you know, are you trying to project something that isn't there onto this guy? That's fine. But then, hey, you take A.J. Dillon in the second round. The idea being we don't want to pay Aaron, Aaron Jones. doesn't make sense. We don't want to pay that guy. We want to use that on other things. But then you don't. So what are you doing? I think the plan was to move on at the end of the season. And what people leave out of that conversation is what Aaron Rodgers looked like the two years prior to them picking Jordan Love. What we saw last year out of Rodgers was not the Rodgers the two years before that. Completely agree. Complete peace. No argument whatsoever there. But if you can't get off of Aaron Rodgers' contract, why do you draft his heir apparent? Was the plan to have him sit there on a $30 million contract backing up Jordan Love if things completely went sideways? If Rodgers had, say, you know, a mediocre season last year, would they have cut him and taken the $40 million hit? Would they have Aaron Rodgers arguably the best quarterback in their team's history sitting on the bench this year because he had a bad year last year. Like 
I just don't understand the logic and I don't understand the pick in the first place. Because they also traded up. They gave up draft capital to go up and get Jordan Love again. I spent too much what time What have they gotten out of him? I mean, he's been on the f- – wait, never mind. Uh, well, uh, look what they got out of him. Did you see Aaron Rodgers last year? <laughs> that may be that may be the best use of their draft capital ever. I would I spend mean, a third round pick on what Aaron Rodgers gave us last year every year. It's logged Mike, off. Mike, Mike's so pissed he had to leave. <laughs> See ya. Because because you're not wrong. <laughs> Sorry, Hi, I clicked on the wrong back button here as I tried to uh, set up for the next pick here. So apologies. But hey, yeah, I, I guess that's the thing. If you use your first round pick to motivate Aaron Rodgers and your second round pick to motivate Aaron Jones and you got those performances out of those, then yeah, that makes, yeah, that makes sense. You spend, you spend a first round pick to piss them off light the world on fire, and then you spend a sixth-round pick to make him happy again, get Randall Cobb back. Because what's a sixth-round pick anyway? I mean, it's just garbage. And it's fun to just light all draft capital on fire. Yeah, why not? Anyways, so like I said, we're moving into what I'll call the uh, competitor section of the draft here. Um I'd say every one of these remaining picks had a selection that put them in the Champions League or above, um, which, as far as I'm concerned, means uh, they are a competitor. Um, The composite ranks for the next couple, next four, I'd say, are pretty darn close. There's only uh, one and a half points that separate the next four in terms of composite ranks. Uh, But that said, um, the sixth-ranked team at this point is... Real Zaragoza. And again, to DK, your point, this is a good team. Justin Herbert, Aaron Rodgers, if Watson doesn't play him, and Tyrod Taylor is going to be a productive player. Joe Mixon, DeAndre Swift, Chase Claypool, DK Metcalf, Debo Samuel, a bunch of old tight ends, but again, that's going to be productive. He has the ability to put up the points you need to win week in, week out. Tight end is not where you want it to be, but he has the points kind of across the board to be in the game. Um, there's probably some, I'll call it overestimation on my side on DeAndre Swift and Joe Mixon, but that's just my opinion on things. But that said, this team, if things break his direction, I think could win La Liga. It would it would take a lot of things to go his way for this to happen, but at the same time, this is the first team of the seven that we've ranked so far that, in my ranking system, has multiple studs. He's got Justin Herbert. He's got Aaron Rodgers. He's got DK Metcalf. All of these guys are top players at their position, and you know he's got he's got. Terod Taylor, which also gives him the ability to play bye weeks at his super flex position. You know, he's he's not deep. Um, the, the the players he has on the rest of his roster really need to step up. He needs a you know he needs a Van Jefferson or a, a, a Justin Jackson or somebody else to 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 be his 
his eighth and consistent starter in you know this league format, but he he has a he has a roster that is going to put up consistent points every week. He's not going to be top of the you know top of the division more than likely, but he's certainly not going to be you know in in the bottom of the division. Um, the unfortunate thing is to me this roster looks like one of those stuck in the middle teams that can't decide what it's what its identity is. Fair enough. Donnie, break the tie. What are you thinking? Is this a competitor or is this a thanks to plan? I like this team as much as you do, Mike. This, uh, me and you are the highest rank in this team at fourth overall. I think, uh, yeah, quarterbacks real strong. Um, running backs love Swift and Mixon. I think Mixon is going to be an absolute beast this year. A um, couple studs in the wide receiver core. The only position I really don't love is um, is the tight ends. He's got, you know, Brevin Jordan, Jimmy Graham, and that um, Happy Gilmore's first caddy there, uh, Zach Ertz. Uh, I don't know if you guys saw the pictures out of training camp. He's full bleach blonde. He looks just like the, the Happy Gilmore's uh, first caddy. It's hilarious. Um, nice. You know, the only what, the thing that actually kind of I I laughed a little bit looking at this team is I see he's still holding on to Bryce Love and Darius Geis. And I just imagine you know rolling into last season like a little bit of swagger looking at the Washington running back room that he owned, and it just cratered. So I feel bad for that. He's still holding on hope. There's there's still a chance. There's still a chance uh, for Darius Geis. Um, but I'm, I'm actually kind of surprised to see him even in the my fantasy league system at this point. So Geis is an interesting hold at this point because if memory serves, he got cleared of everything about a month ago. So I don't know if he's in a training camp, if he's in Washington's training camp, or what's going on there, but – I think he's in a position that he could make a team and, you know, be one of those guys that you hear from someplace like, hey, how did Darius Geis get on Baltimore? Well, he got cleared of the first thing. He didn't get cleared of, like, that old lady down at LSU, though. Uh, okay, fair enough. But, yeah, I, I, I'm not sure that he's going to be invited to a camp, um, at least early on, uh, it, it, if, a, if a team has a couple of – injuries or you know things go poorly they may bring him on later on um, or at least bring him in for a tryout but he's the kind of guy who i look at um similar to the deshaun watson damaged goods um nobody wants to really stick their neck out for him at this moment we say all that he signs in la tomorrow and just smashes yeah, exactly. Yeah. Oh, the Rams took him. Okay, fine. He's he's an RB two. <laughs> We're so fickle with these things sometimes. All right, moving on to the next team. Um, as mentioned, the margin between these teams is quite small, and this is probably actually the largest of those margins um, to go from five point four to four point six uh, with this next team, but. A team that, uh, again, I think is is always in that conversation, um, and showed up in three of the seven choices at this position. Um, There's another team that showed up uh, that was pretty close, um, but I think was just ahead of them. But the 
what is it, fifth-ranked team at this point, was the one, the only, Espanol. So, you know, Fred, I think it's probably your turn to go. Okay. Um, so I had him ranked. Uh, let's see. So who was our who was our last one? Is, is Zaragoza? Um, I had Espanol ranked um, fourth overall, and and we've got him in uh, fifth place. So so I was slightly ahead of the uh, rest of the the average here, and uh, let me just look here uh, in in the 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 third tier of scoring teams in, in in my system he was he was at the top of the list and 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 i put him there because he's got three solid studs uh he's got josh allen he's got aj brown he's got tj hawkinson you know guys who are solid at their position and and i was more critical at tight end than i was at quarterback running back or receiver i only assigned stud status to the top six tight ends for, for, for my redraft rankings, because beyond the sixth tight end, I don't think anyone is happy with anyone they're starting. Um, you, you're just putting someone out there and hoping that that player gets a touchdown that week. Um, Hawkinson makes the list in my opinion of, of, of stud tight ends. And, and I think he's going to smash this season uh, He's probably going to lead the Lions and targets and all receiving categories because there's not anyone else there who's capable of doing what he can do. Um, AJ Brown is an absolute beast at receiver, and Josh Allen may compete for the top quarterback in the league um, in, in terms of fantasy scoring. Uh, after that, he's got Najee Harris, Josh Jacobs, you know, guys who either have been or could be or should be wide re or running back one, you know, competitors. Uh, and also David Montgomery, who people aren't respecting, but who quietly was running back five last year or something along that line. Uh, nobody believes he can do it again, but he's done it before. Yeah. So yeah, this is a team that that has potential. This is a team, you know, he he's, he has two starting quarterbacks right now. Uh, he may have three if Drew Locke is given the job in Denver. He's got not necessarily depth at receiver, but he's got players who are going to produce and put up points and be on the field. You know, they're, they're starters for their team. They're going to get they're going to get opportunity. They're going to get targets. This is a team that can make some noise, especially if a few things go very well or, or, you know, better than expected for them. Mm -hmm. No, that pretty well covers it. All right. Moving on to the fourth ranked team, as mentioned, it was pretty darn close. Uh, this team got ranked as well as second by Eric, who is not here to defend his ranking. Um, I was the next highest at third, but then I think pretty much everyone else said that this is the fifth place team. So I probably have some explaining to do here. Real Betis and the 17 owners of Real Betis. <laughs> so 
it's a conglomerate, really. Truly. So we've got DJ and Kyler. We've got Dalvin Cook, CEH, Raheem Mostert, Mike Evans, Cortland Sutton, Robbie Anderson, Mike Williams, Mark Andrews. Again, we were saying the last couple of teams the first time we said these are good teams or these are teams that can compete. If I rolled out on a weekly basis, Kyler, DJ, CEH, Cook, um, Evans, Sutton, and Andrews. That's, I think, seven, right? We have to start eight. So let's go um, Robbie Anderson with that. That's a team I could see in the Champions League. Depending on injury luck, that's a team that could be competing for the title. So that that's my vision on this. I think things fall apart quickly in terms of depth, which is something we've said the entire time. Um, it's almost impossible to produce a team with depth in a 16-team equivalent league. I mean, that that can't really be a knock against anyone at this point. That's fair. We have very, very exacting standards. But, Donnie, what are your thoughts? I don't, I don't completely disagree with your ranking or your thoughts. I think, really, it, it hinges upon Daniel Jones or, or potentially Taylor Henneke taking that job there. But it really depends on Daniel Jones. Does he trend a little more towards Eli or a little bit further away towards like Jameis Winston? Like it, it you could go what, whichever way he goes there, I think will be the difference between this being a, you know, more consensus spot, fifth, sixth, seventh in, in this division here, or closer to where you have him in that upper tier. It's really going to depend on Daniel Jones. Yeah. I mean, when you look at a team that has Kyler Murray, Delvin Cook, Clyde Edwards, Lair, Mike Evans, Cortland Sutton, assuming he comes back from injury, he's got solid, almost studs, in my opinion, at Mark Andrews and Robert Tanyan. You know, it, it really, really hinges on Daniel Jones. If he gets better than expected production from him, this is going to be a team that makes noise. If he gets expected production from Daniel Jones or worse, then he really doesn't have a chance at all. All right, we'll keep it going here. Um, third, we're into our top three. So one could say that this is the end of the third tier, that there's a one-team tier for number one, a one-team tier for number two, and then a three- or four-team tier for number three. There are some who could say that, but we're not those guys. I think we're going to say that there are um, a top five just outside of number one. And the next team to be part of that top five, Deportivo Alves. DK, I think you got this one. Yeah, solid, solid squad here. Uh, I like the quarterbacks. I think they're solid, you know, real solid top, or two guys to start there. You'd like to see a little bit of depth. There's some bi-week stuff there, but that's tough to come by. So really good. Uh, quarterbacks to start, running backs, absolutely love. I think Chris Carson's going to smash. Obviously, Christian McCaffrey, you're good there. Um, plenty to play with at the wide receiver position. Um, you know, I, I I had high hopes for for Devin Punches. I really liked what I had seen from him in the offseason, his workouts, some of the talk about him, his body size. 
with Cobb coming in, I think he might be a cut candidate. That's that's the only downside with him. I think it really put him and EQ on the bubble. Um, I know we're talking about bottom of the wide receivers here, just a guy that kind of stood out that haven't uh, seen on too many rosters here. But th- there's some guys to like here. Still got Alan Lazard, um, who I like. Mike Williams, I think, could have a good year. Um, but, you know, obviously the, the weakest of, of his spots here. And then plenty to play with at the tight end position. So all around pretty solid. Uh, I probably like the – the running backs and quarterback group the most on this team though. So the interesting th- thing to me about Deportivo is that he, you know, you, you, you said he's either at the top of the tier of, of, or, or, you know, right, right near the top of the tier of the, 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 the next, the, the, the next down from the top. Um, but nobody ranked him higher than, third overall and you know just about half of the teams or just about half of the rankers had him there so he was he was you know he had three thirds he had three fourths um and where was the last one (coughs) oh i can't read it it was uh it looks like sixth overall so i i think mike you were the lowest on him uh why did you have him there so my biggest issue is for everything that makes him a incredible looking team. If you look at the top half of his roster, Justin Herbert, Brian Tannehill, Chris Carson, Mike Davis, Christian McCaffrey. I see those as my first five starters out of the gate. I'm thinking I am in the running. Yep. I got to start at least a receiver and as a tight end. Am I in the running if I'm starting Kenny Galladay and Zach Hertz? I mean, you also have Robert Woods and Will Fuller for the weeks that they're available and Tyler Lockett. This is a team that we, we, I, I mentioned it's hard to have depth in this format. He does. He, he, he doesn't have a great tight end option, but what is a great tight end option? I mean, there, there's so few of them, you're just hoping for a. You're just hoping to get the guy who scores a touchdown that particular week if you don't have mm-hmm. one of the top four, top six. So, right. so you 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 can almost ignore that you know that problem for for most teams. Uh, his he, he has the, the the problem I see he has is he has two starting stud quarterbacks, but he only has two quarterbacks on the entire roster. That's going That's to hurt him at, at least twice a season, right? Uh, so it, when he doesn't have, when he has to deal with bye weeks of these two guys, he only has one quarterback starter, and then he has to play depth and hope for you know somebody somebody shows out or you know produces better than they're expected for that particular week. It's like uh, um, Animal House, where you got Kevin Bacon sitting there going. All is well. All is well. No, not all is well. Not all of it. Okay, I, I and and I, and that's fair. Uh, you know, in in terms of just straight up, who should score points this season? I had him ranked higher, but in terms of what it looks like as a you know holistic look at the roster, you may be more right than I am. All right, we're down to our top two. Hercules, Zavilla. 
Sevilla, and Hercules. Number two, overall rank, Sevilla. Take a look. As I've said the last couple, I'm going to say it again because I do believe it. I would not be surprised in the least. This team has, again, all of the firepower you need to give Fred a run for his money. If I was Fred, I would have the games I had against Sevilla circled on my calendar because those are the games I need my boys to win. I need to inspire them, and I need to make sure they're on top of their game. So let's break down the potential lineup here. Deshaun Watson with either Cam Newton or Kirk Cousins as QB2. Then you've got Christian McCaffrey with Clyde hilaire and then Chris Carson. Like, come on. Devontae Adams as your receiver with Robert Woods as an option. And then Darren Waller. Like, that's a top eight that is going to score with the best in the league. I think, you know, folks, and again, not to jump ahead, probably put Fred number one because of depth. But if you look at that eight team top the or eight player top the bottom, there's maybe two or three other teams in the entire UEFA league that can match that. Exactly. And, and this is, you know, by, by my standards, he's got five studs out of the eight starters that he needs to put on a field every week. And he could have realistically two more with Chris Carson and Clyde Edwards Lair. Mm-hmm. Kurt Cousins, I've said it earlier, he's a top 15, top 12 quarterback. Um, it, it really just depends on what Minnesota requires for their offense to run. If, if they're going to be run heavy and their defense is going to do the work, then Cousins has less of a job and, and less of a need to, to throw the ball. But he could very well be in that top 15, top 12, top eight quarterback in, in fantasy scoring. And if that happens, then this is a team that is going to just crush this season. Yep. Donnie, you've been too quiet. Do you need to pour the bourbon? I, I'm, looking at this, I'm looking at this team, and I'm thinking with a little bit of luck at quarterback and some good team management, this is going to be a really strong team. There's, there's too much depth, I think, at running back versus where there's some holes. I, I, if it were me, I would probably be looking to cash in on somebody that still maybe loves some James Robinson and is liking what he's hearing out of that coaching staff and bolster some depth at wide receiver and tight end. I don't think you're going to be able to do much at quarterback. It's just too hard in this league. So you really just have to hope for the best there. You have to hope that Deshaun plays. You have to hope that Cam hangs out of the job. And then you're in a really good spot if either of those things happen for you. Um, but if yeah, Cam Newton's a complete wild card in this roster. If if he's if he yeah. starts, he's the Cam Newton of the first six weeks of 2020. Oh my God! I right. Yeah, this is going to be a just stupidly good team. But then, likewise, if Devontae Adams or Darren Rothwaller gets hurt, you've got some major holes. Um, 
I don't trust. I mean, Woods Woods is good, uh, but you know, also I think he's got some injury history too. So it, you don't feel good about only having Woods as your backup if a, a caliber player like Devontae goes down. I I would definitely bolster some wide receiver and tight end um, depth with what you already have at running back depth for sure. But yeah, we're, I mean, we're talking about how good this team is, and if that if the quarterback stuff doesn't go his way. You're 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 really bummed out, you know. If if you're if you're Max, if if Cam Newton loses the job three four weeks in to their rookie, um, you know Swaggy McGee over there and Deshaun Watson. I mean, I cannot believe he's not on the exempt list right now. The the you know the accusations against him are just unspeakable, and and somehow he's still out there. He's on a field saying he doesn't want to play for them and that he won't play for them. But uh, yeah. yeah, I mean, if, that, if, if those things happen, then oof. And then you're talking maybe sell some of these running back pieces and, and look to load back up next year. The only reason he's not on the exempt list is because the league does not have to put him on the exempt list in July. If it comes to week one and nothing has changed, I think they will finally make their move uh, just because they've been forced to. This is they're They're trying to let everything play out as long as they possibly can. If it, if, if it goes away, if there's settlements, if he gets traded, those are potential reasons that he won't get put on this exempt list. But I think those are becoming shorter and shorter odds every week. All right, boys. It's almost 1130. It's past my bedtime. So we're going to get the uh, best team. We're going to make it quick because nobody really wants to talk about Fred's team, right? Nobody wants to. No. Lamar, Aaron Rodgers, Nick Chubb, speaking of the Chubb he's got, um, Derrick Henry, Mike Evans, Reek Hill, Justin Jefferson, Noah Fant, Logan Thomas, Robert Tanyan. He's got the most depth of anybody at the position and just as good as starters. So what are you saying? That you're a team in the league. Oh, Hi. <laughs> Um, yeah, I, 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 I don't know. I don't know what to say. I, I got very lucky. Um, the, the stupidest thing is that if I hadn't made a trade with Mike, my team would have, um, uh, who's the, the, the kid on Dallas, um, CD lamb. Yeah. I would have CD lamb instead of Juju Smith Schuster. And, and then it would just be even more ridiculous. But yeah, I've I've been I've been very lucky in in a couple of the moves that I've made and you know here and there. But this is a team that I assume will be competing all year long, as long as Lamar has legs and Aaron Rodgers shows up to play and Nick Chubb isn't hurt and Derrick Henry does does what he's supposed to do. It's a lot of ifs. Yeah, it's a lot of ifs. I, that's fair. Did you have a single bad thing happen to this team in the offseason? I mean, like, the worst thing that happened is Lamar Jackson has COVID right now. Like, geez. I, yeah, like, like so everything I, I, went your way. Aaron Rodgers showed up. Chase Edmond didn't get competition. Um, let's see what else here. 
Not it's really a top mobile keeper. I mean, Darnell Mooney, I mean, I guess could, I don't think the Anthony Miller thing even has much to do with Darnell Mooney, but you could say there's less target competition there. Mm-hmm. Uh, Rock, you know, Bobby Tunyon, he got his quarterback back. Logan Thomas just signed a three-year deal. You got Adam Troutman, too, and every Saints receiver is is dying or suspended. Like, literally everything has broke this team's way so far. So I did have James Robinson. And and you mentioned him earlier as you know a, a guy who was you know falling in value, and, and I was fortunate enough to be able to trade him for Noah Fant. Um, people complained about it at the time, saying I, I I might have traded him too soon or gave up too much at the time, but I don't think it looks bad now. No. Yeah, that was that was about it. I mean, I I, I had. Gabriel Davis and essentially traded him one up for Darnell Mooney. Uh, so yeah, I, I'm just waiting for the, the the shoe to fall and every single one of these guys to get COVID and be out for the year. All right, so here you go. This is what it looks like. The composite lists. Everyone, put Fred number one. Sevilla two. Portivo or Alves, three. But as you can see, the gap between Alves down to Zaragoza not is not massive. Compared by himself, he's at the bottom of the league. All right, it's over an hour. We did some good work there. Uh, let's go ahead and kind of share some final thoughts here, Donnie. Anything after talking for La Liga for 75 minutes that you feel like you want to share and and uh, call out about this this division? No, no. I think uh, I think there's some really hefty competition here at the top. I think it's it's very clearly uh, you know Fred's and Sevilla's league to lose. Um, I think they're they're very clearly standing above everybody else. Sevilla with a little bit of luck. To, to be in Fred Kulis's, um tier. Fred already got his luck. He doesn't need it anymore. I, I, it's a long season. Uh, plenty of things can and will happen that I haven't prepared for. And, you know, Derrick Henry coming off a 2,000-yard season, no one has ever performed well after a 2,000-yard season. So, you know, he's going to be out after week two, right? because that's the way this works. Um, I was wanting to do this league first uh, just because when I looked at them, I thought it was the most, um, it, it was the most chalk of the four divisions in UEFA. Uh, and, and, and I think our rankings pretty much confirm that. Uh, going forward, the other three divisions are going to have a lot more to talk about uh, and a lot more disagreement between where, where teams fall. So I, I look forward to doing those over the next couple of weeks and uh, watching training camp play out and see how uh, everything everything shakes out going you know, going forward into September. Makes sense. And again, I... I know we talked about a lot of teams um, that I would say could compete for number one. Obviously, it seems like Fred has the depth; other teams don't. But things break the right way. 
wouldn't shock me if any of those top six teams win this division. So um, hopefully we didn't bore you too much. Hopefully next time we'll have Eric and some of the rest of our stalwarts here. But uh, thanks for joining the three of us. Uh, we enjoy talking to you. We enjoy going through this. And hopefully you enjoyed it. You learned something. You know, got a positive experience from it. But from all three of us to all of you, good night and good luck. Good night and good luck.